Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 231. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, my friend? Not a whole lot. Still dinging ourselves out over here in Ottawa. Like, snow keeps on falling. We got uh, 19 inches on, was it Sunday night, Monday morning? Throughout the day on Monday, 19 inches of snow. Got another four or five inches. I don't know how to do the conversion quick from centimeters to... uh, Two inches, but if I do it real quick, there centimeter to inches. If I do ten centimeters, that's four inches. So okay. we've got twenty-three inches worth of snow over the last three days. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. Uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last couple of days. All right. What well, about you? Well, I'm bracing myself because we're supposed to get some snow overnight into the morning. So I might be in the same. Not as, not as much, I don't think, but like just cold wintery mix rain snow kind of deal so it's just going to be messy in the morning i think yeah the slow snow plus rain like so rain after snow is the worst yeah because you get that that layer of snow and then the ice on top of it and it's almost better to have the the ice underneath kind of because then you got like the the the, uh snow cushion to go on i find it's a little bit better yeah I, i tend to agree with you there so we'll see we riveting will. stuff from us the, the, the what's better it. snow first or later and that's the podcast <laughs> this is what you sign up for yeah that's it that's uh, eyes on Isles episode 231 hope you enjoyed um <laughs> we'll talk to you next week uh so we we do have some stuff to get into mitch uh, a couple things we're gonna start with the turnaround because they've been playing you know much better hockey they they went a while without playing but you know in in their last eight games six one and one yeah, it's really, really good over the last eight. Things have, like you said, turned around. Now, obviously, the big question is, is this going to be enough? Uh, and um, pff, who knows? But you're dealing of a, in a position of power right now, right? Like you're, you're what, 3-1-0 and oh, or so, yeah, 3-1-0 and oh over your last four games. That's good. That so that's coming out of the break, right? 3-1-0. Oh. You beat the Devils. You lost against the Capitals because you didn't play. Um, like, almost literally, they didn't play. And then you beat the Flyers twice. So, like, you had you had one test there, and that was the Capitals, and, and you didn't pass. So, yes, the record looks good, but there's still more that needs to be done for the Islanders. And the big test is going to come on Saturday when they welcome the Toronto Maple Leafs to UBS Arena. Yes. Um, by the way, quick humble brag for a second. Um, yeah. My girlfriend's dad works for 
uh, a bank and one of his clients got him sweet tickets to that game and I will be in a suite for Islanders Maple Leafs. So I am like, I don't think I've ever been in a suite before. I'm ready to go all out. Actually, yes, I lied once, but I'm not really sweet folk. Like I, I'm, I feel like I'm a little too rowdy. I'm, I should be like the 300 level. I don't know if I could do it <laughs> yeah. in a suite. I, it's fun. I, well, I should say it's fun. I did it once and I was a kid when it happened and like everyone's schmoozing back there eating stuff in their face and I'm sitting there with like face over the glass and like watching everything type of thing and I don't think I enjoyed the full sweet experience. So do a little bit of both. Schmooze a little bit. Stuff your face full of stuff and then uh, and then watch some hockey. Sorry. Yes, I was excited. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But yes, it is a massive test. Uh, obviously, the Maple Leafs are a great team, but the Islanders have a nice homestand here where maybe you could take advantage. You have, let's, let's count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven home games in a row. Uh, and, I mean, there's some beatable teams in there. You have the, the Senators, the Kraken. You've handled the Flyers pretty well. You have them again, Arizona on Friday. you got to take care of business here and get yourself back in this race. Yeah, is there any what there's two playoff teams that entire mix? I'm not really sure about what the West looks like. I don't know if LA is in the mix. They are, so yeah. never mind. That's three playoff teams uh, that that they're facing. Um, so you're right. There's there's potential to pad those stats, right? And, and that's what we're trying to talk about here is that they're now a 500 team. It's not playoff numbers. They still have to get those numbers higher, uh, but they're no longer this team that just can't seem to win. Can they transition that into a playoff position? It's going to be damn well hard to do so. But the turnaround that we've seen recently suggests, assuming they keep that up, obviously, they could be able to do it. Right. I mean, we've said all along that it's going to be a very, very difficult ask to do it. But, I mean, right now they're getting themselves back in the conversation. It's They dug themselves like such a big hole that getting back to 500, well, yeah, there's a still lo- a long way to go. It's... It's a good thing. You're you're allowed to be happy that they got back to this point. I feel like online it's too much like, like, LOL, look how far the Islanders are still out and this is where they climb to and they're only at 500. It's like, well, I guess it depends on what lens you want to look through it, but I don't really look at it that way. Yeah, it is It is still tough. Like, there's one team in, the, in a playoff picture right now that has essentially a losing record. And even then, that's arguable. And that's Washington at a 4-4-2 over the last 10. Every other team is like 8-1-1, 8-2-0. The two wildcard teams, 8-2-0 right now. Um, no one has lost or yeah, one fewer than six games outside of Washington. So that's the one team you know, that you're going, all right, if anyone's going to drop out, it could be them, could be. And that's a strong word because they still have 53 points on the year. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, they have played 40 games, though. That's a full eight games for the Islanders. In, in, like, So the Islanders have eight games in hand on Washington. Um, the only other team that has more games played than Washington in the Eastern Conference is Tampa Bay at 41. And they've got 59 points. Ain't catching Tampa. It's not happening. No. Um, but like this isn't insurmountable. So long as they keep playing the way they're playing right now. Now, again, the test is going to be the Maple Leafs. Can they play against a good team and win? It's it's going to be tough. I mean, we know they, they have a loaded roster. They're getting really good goalie play this year, too. So it's uh, it's not going to be an easy task. But, hell, uh, you, know, you know the barn's going to be going nuts on Saturday because of, of who's going to be there. So it's... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the players feed off that. It'll be almost like a playoff atmosphere, I hope. 
Well, so you say the players feed off that, right? That's kind of what happened yesterday against Philly, where the Islanders were kind of out of it, uh, and then Zidane Chara fought someone because they took a, a hit, or that they laid a hit on Scott Mayfield that right. you know he found objection to, and that got the guys fired up. Sometimes you you need an emotional pick me up where you can't do it on your own, and maybe having you know that guy come into the building again, it won't be the same emotional kind of th- uh, lift me up if you will as it was the first time, but there's still a lift up, and it is still the Toronto Maple Leafs. You still try to punk on them as often and as frequently as possible. I know they didn't play them last year, but ever since you know this big move has happened, I feel like the Islanders have played Toronto well. I can't tell you True. what the exact win-loss record is, but it just, vibe-wise, it feels like they usually hang pretty tough against them. Yeah, and you got to think, coming to the UBS arena, which should have been like the big moment for that person, right? Welcoming in and ushering them, making that transition from like, we are no longer this team that picked me to turn it around, and I'm ushering them into this new era. He's not there for that. And the fans are certainly going to remind him of that. So that is going to help feed our, the emotional, uh, what's lift me up, if you will, for the rest of the team if they don't already have it. No, absolutely. And it helps that like they're they're playing well and they're scoring right now. Outside of the Capitals game, because that was a goose egg, obviously. You have four goals, four goals, three goals, three, four, three, three. So that is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In seven of their last eight games, they have scored three goals or more. And we know when that happens for the New York Islanders, more often than not, they win. So this is this is good. We need the Islanders to continue to score at, at this level. If they're popping three goals in a night, you're in pretty good shape. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, so I just pulled a few things there. I wanted to go back to the Toronto thing because you mentioned um, that you feel that they've been pretty good against them. And I felt the same way. It's actually straight down the middle. There's 3-3-0 three, three, oh, out of 500. Okay. I would have guessed maybe like 4-2 uh, like or 5-1. Yeah. I remember one. I only remember really, I think, one of the losses. But anyway. Yeah, I, I would have said the same thing. And then the other one is I picked up or I... Uh, Change the schedule around to see. Did I get the stat? I didn't get the stat yet. There it is. Um, to see what how they are since December first, right? Because since December first is that one cutoff where the the turnaround has started to happen for the Islanders, and they are eleventh in the NHL in terms of points percentage with a six six seven. So I'm just looking for the Eastern Conference teams here. Can I? I can't filter for Eastern Conference because thanks NHL. I can filter for individual teams, but not, not entire conferences or even divisions, that is. But we've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams that are better than the Islanders right now in terms of points percentage. The Rangers are right behind them. So that's that that's well that's good for the Islanders. They've got two teams that they're chasing essentially when it comes to playoffs. Of course, we're not talking about actual points in the standings right now, so that will certainly help those other two teams that are below them in terms of points percentage since December 1st. Right. And one thing that I will say again on the more positive side is when, you know, ever since really Barry Trotz has been here, we, we know they've been good, obviously, and made the playoffs each year. But they've also gone through these periods of times where they've been streaky. Um, so if they start, if this is only the beginning of them rattling off, and who knows, we've seen them go on double-digit point streak multiple times in the Barry Trotz era. If you go on something like that, then who knows? Maybe you get yourself right back into you know playoff contention there, and it's a different story in the final month of the year. 
Yeah, they're going to need some help. So obviously sure. they have to just play the teams ahead of them and pick up as many points as they can. But they need some of those teams ahead of them uh, to maybe cool off a little bit. Like before it was the Detroit Red Wings, right? Everyone was looking at them. They've cooled off. Uh, the Islanders are certainly catching up on them. They've got, they're only nine points back of Detroit with eight games in hand. So very catchable. But Detroit's no longer in a playoff position. So still some, you know, th- Things still need to break in the Islanders' favor, as well as them playing at like a nearly 700 clip the rest of the way through. Right, exactly. So, uh, just a little update there on where we we are in you know standings wise and everything like that. So, just overall consensus, what do you think has been the biggest difference for for them over the last eight? I don't. Re- I can't really put a a. A finger on on the one thing right i could say like it's a consistent effort they've been more consistent it, it's sure true but it seems like such a, a cop-out answer right like they they tried hard like i was watching this um the these videos online i'm trying to start a new like kind of side hustle here and um one of the things is like work hard yeah no like no duh no duh of course if i want to be successful i have to work hard anyone should know if you're thinking i'm going to go into this and not work hard at all you're going to fail hard. I'm going to half-ass it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to make a ton of money half-assing this. No one has ever done that outside of people who are already rich. No one, right? <laughs> right. So I don't want to use that for the Islanders, but it really does seem like that there's an element of that where they're just seemingly trying harder or, or, or playing harder. Maybe it's just an attention to detail that wasn't there before. I can't really put my finger on they've done this to turn it around. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, man. It's, I think they've, the one thing I will say is I think they've gotten scoring from a little bit of everywhere, which has helped where early on, it felt like it was maybe only one or two lines that were going at a time. You're right. Like, especially recently where we got the fourth line scoring three goals in the last two games, uh, that, that certainly helps, but, um, yeah, they're getting depth scoring, uh, offensively, at least right. The second line is scoring. The fourth line is scoring. Um, if only... You know, the, the first line was doing it for a while, right? Matthew Barzella, Anders Lee, Brog, uh, Josh Bailey were doing it for a bit. That has f- fallen off. Thankfully, the second and third and fourth line have picked up a little bit. But that first line's got to get going again ASAP. Yeah, in the, um, so. in the goals department, for sure. Um, Boy, 100%. Yeah, it feels like every single night Matt Barzell has an assist. Uh, but if we could start have him start finding the back of the net a little bit more, then that's A-OK in my book. That would be nice. Maybe he needs a new winger. Yeah, I mean, this is a good spot to transition, I think, here, Mitch, because we wanted to talk about Oliver Wallstrom. And, uh, well, we're calling this segment Wallstrom Rules because it seems like there's a different set of rules for Oliver Wallstrom versus the rest of the team here. Um, My question to you, and I don't expect you to have an answer, but why? I I said it on the the Patreon show, uh, P.S., go and sign up for our our Patreon, uh, eyesonisles.com slash Patreon, or sorry, Patreon dot com slash eyes on Isles. Got it backwards there. Going to send people to the wrong place where we get uh, into every single Islanders game after the puck drop or after the final whistle, I should say. We record a half hour show and just talk about the entire game. So sign up today. I uh, get in on it. There's a bunch of other stuff. Mailbag we're doing after the show, Discord, so on and so forth. Uh, and in that I, I, that show yesterday, I talked about just the potential for Oliver Wallstrom is so high that I think Barry Trotz uh, has a... a a separate set of rules, or I shouldn't say separate set of rules, a 
is applying a different set of standards to Oliver Walston to bring out that said ceiling. Like, I know you can be here now, and I've got my hand over my head. You're currently here. Now I've got my head, hand like my eyebrows. I need you to get there. And to do so, I'm going to be a little bit harsh on you. Harsher than, let's say, like, I don't know, Kiefer Bellows or harsher than, I don't know, Brock Nelson, for example. Because I want you to be here and to get you there, I got I to kick you in the butt a little bit. Figure of speech, obviously. Yeah, I, I think... I like that, um, how you worded it with getting the most out of him. And, you know, Barry's a good coach. I don't think you're going to find any Islander fan who would disagree with that statement. And if- I, I think you would. Recently, I've seen some talk, and it's, what bet I? Well, I... To the to the saying, most most will say that he's a, he's a good coach. So <laughs> I... I trust that he knows how to get to his guys. He's earned, to me, he's earned that benefit of the doubt. So while, yes, I do at times think that, uh, or not necessarily that I think, but just haven't agreed with his uh, treatment, not or handling, I guess is a better word, handling of Oliver Wallstrom, he's earned that benefit of the doubt where you kind of just let him run. Yeah, I, I guess that's what you have to do. Just kind of let them run. But like, I, I the shootout thing really got to me. I don't, I don't really get that one. Um, I understand he was trying to get something out of him. I clearly get that. But to have him go all the way to ninth and and run, you've got two guys who've never done the shootout before. In in Dobson and Bellows go ahead of him. Then you've got uh, Zach Parise who. Is yes, thirty-seven percent effective in the shootout over his career, but hasn't done well recently. Is twenty percent over the last three years, and then you got Jean Gabriel Pajogo, who's only ever done the shootout once before, over Oliver Wallstrom, and I, I don't get that. I, like Oliver Wallstrom has been sc- scoring shootout goals since he was nine years old. Literally, we have yes. proof of it. Why well, I don't get it because he hasn't been great. Okay, cool. But Bo hasn't been great either. He's also been over three. And you put him number one out there. I'm not saying Oliver Wilson should be number one and Bo number nine, but it, it, there's clearly a different standard here. And, and I know someone might say, like, well, last year Bo was 50%. Okay, well, last year um, Walsh was 33%. So for using last year's to rank them, he still shouldn't be ninth. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, if you wanted to push him down, a little bit like sure maybe he goes I don't know four or five but it was weird to see a defenseman go before him it was weird to see Kiefer Bellows go before him um yeah just strange it really was like yes I, I understand push him down but you got Bo Bailey Nelson no sorry Bo Barzi Nelson Bailey that went in that order right the first four Okay, put him number five or, or even put him number six and try Bellows. That makes a lot of sense. You're like, okay, well, this is an offensive-minded player. Yeah, he's never done it yet. All right, cool. And then you try Wallstrom to be like, yo, I just played this guy ahead of you. What are you going to do about it, right? Which is exactly what Barry did. Um, but that doesn't seem to apply to a lot of other people, which I, I guess is where Barry comes in to be like, I think you could be here and I'm going to I'm gonna try to get you there. And you're right, like, he's not going to push this button exactly with everyone. Uh, this is just the button he's going to push with Wallstrom because he thinks it's going to work. And he <laughs> he was right. Yeah, he. I mean, he was. It, it paid off. They won the game. So um, while it might sound like we're complaining, I think it's more confusion than complaining. 
Well, at least from my end. Yeah, and like you can you can understand that at the time because you're going through nine rounds of the shootout and you're like, guys, there's a there's a guy there who did some stuff when he was nine. He's been doing stuff since then. What are we doing? Why isn't he going? And, and so to ask the question, and Barry answered it perfectly well, saying like, well, we tried to get something out of him. And, and when you look at it, like that that's one hell of a risk, right? Because if, if Philly scores, they've got to score again, and he's running out guys who don't really do shootouts. Do you think he would have changed if, let's say, Philly scored in like the sixth round? Do you think he sends him out there instead to try to keep it going? So I, I think that's the thing, right? Circumstance allowed him to take this risk. Philly was shooting first, so he can shoot. He can decide afterwards. And the guys they were running out weren't really shootout specialists either. Uh, I, I forget the exact names uh, that that ran in four five in rounds oh, five six seven eight nine. But JVR was the only one who'd ever scored a power a shootout goal in, in that that run of like four or five guys for Philly. So like. It's not like there was that big of a risk of like, oh, crap, he's sending out Claude Giroux. Let's send out Noah Dobson, right? So Barry was very calculated with his risk, it seemed he was taking. So not only did it pay off, but it seemed that he was being very, very strategic and smart about it. Shocking from a, what, two-time uh, Jack Adams Award winner? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if he had. Do you think he had the shootout numbers for, like, I know Morgan Frost was one of them, JVR another, and then Ivan Provorov. Yeah. Two of those guys have never scored a shootout goal. You think he had those shootout stats on hand, ready to go? I'm sure it, it, someone on staff did. Right? Like, someone's telling him in his ear, like, this guy's got 0% chance or has scored zero goals at the shootout. This guy's JVR is 27% over his career. And Barry's like, I'm going to take my chances of running this guy a little bit later. Maybe. What else is Lane Lambert for? Have a couple of cards and pull it out and say, oh, yeah, here you go, Barry. <laughs> just feed him information. Right. But the thing with Wallstrom is that it goes beyond just a shootout, right? We're even just talking about first line duties, right? He refuses to play him in, on the first line, even though at the very start of the year, I remember Arthur Staple tweeting it out saying he's going to, he being Barry Trotson's situation, is going to run Z uh, Kyle Palmieri in the top line, but Oliver Wallstrom is in the running. Kyle's turn first, and then we'll see when Ollie gets in. He has not gotten it. He's got a shift every now and again, like 30 seconds of ice time with Barzi at 5-on-5. Five five. But outside of that, ain't nothing. It, it is barren. No, it's not like he's been stapled to his wing for even like, I don't know, three games in a row or anything like that, like a trial run. You got more One Kiefer full game. Yeah, you got more Kiefer Bellows up there. Right? And like it seems that Kiefer is, is in the doghouse, is he not? I, I don't understand. Uh, obviously, he's a little bit. He's not as deep in the dugouts as he was before, but when it comes to Wallstrom, he's got n nothing. And you're going, what else should could, could this kid do? What else can he do? What, is it because he shoots too much? That's a good thing. You want to use. You've got Anders Lee who feeds off that stuff up there. Like it just sounds perfect in theory, right? Like you have Barzal the playmaker. You have Anders Lee who just stands in front of the net and takes up massive amounts of space and you know gets rebounds home past goalies and then you have a guy who could be an unbelievable shooter as well on the right side in there like i said in theory that makes sense no right and like he's using his teammates more right that's one of the things um barry trust wanted he wanted him to use his teammates more and there's no better way to measure that than well how many assists does he have and he's got quite a few right specifically recently i'm trying to pull it up and for some reason i can't pull up hockey reference there over the last five games, he's got three uh, three points, all of them helpers, right? He's got eight on the year. He's a full 50% in terms of goals and assists, or 50-50 split, 
what else do you want from this guy? I don't know. I, I don't see what else you could possibly ask of him that's, I don't know, reasonable? Like, it, it, Again, it seems to be that Barry Trot says, I want you to hit this level. I think you could be here. And Oliver Wilson probably hasn't done enough to justify or, or put himself in that here category yet. Um, what it's going to take, we have all no idea, and we're all seemingly still scrambling to figure it out, as is Oliver Wallstrom. And, and the top line is sorely lacking. I understand putting Zach Parisi up there. He, he works hard and stuff like that. But he, he doesn't have the finishing abilities anymore. He just He's not a top-line player anymore. Put someone out there. You've got your bull in a china shop in Anders Lee. You don't need to do that again. You don't need to run a Leo Komarov 2.0 up there. Put some finesse up there, damn it. Right, and especially with Wallstrom seemingly finding his assist game too, like those numbers going up, it's not like he's, you know, projecting at, what was he last year? He was on pace for like 24 goals and like eight assists or something crazy, I feel like. Yeah, it was very heavy towards the goal margin. It, again, by like a half and half split, eight goals, eight assists in 30 games. What are we doing here? I don't know. It seems, like I said, it seems to make logical sense. I like the Parise Peugeot and Wallstrom line. So like a part of me doesn't want to see that get broken up. But uh, if not now, it seems like he is very, very, very close to, I don't know, at least should be put up there. It should be. I, I Again, from the start of the season, back in September, the talk was like he's going to get his chance. When? It's January. It, almost February. We're January 19th today. When is this going to happen? We're, we're getting into a, a crux. Again. Look, the other tomorrow, is it tomorrow? Friday against uh, Arizona. Do it. What are we waiting for? That is the perfect opportunity to play Oliver Wilson up there and feel good about himself doing so. Yeah, I mean, I could understand not maybe doing that against Toronto or a division rival like Washington a few games ago. Like, okay, fine. But, uh, I mean, a game like that, it, it seems like the, the perfect opportunity, no? It, it really, really does. Yeah, I understand Barry doesn't like to throw his players to the Wolves, specifically rookies. He wants to build that confidence. All right, let, let's play against a team who is not supposed to win any games this year. Let's go. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So anything else on Oliver Wallstrom and his weird set of rules? <laughs> no, no. He's got all those Lou rules and now the Barry rules. It's, it's tough going for rookies. Yes, very tough. So with that, how about some of the other rookies? or Well, not rookies, or maybe people who are hoping to be rookies someday. <laughs> right. Um, there's not... So we got Olympics rosters coming out, and everyone keeps asking me about... about, about uh, uh, sorry, everyone keeps asking me about Aturatu. For some reason, that was hard for me to say. Um, I don't think he's making the Finnish team's all Olympic roster. They've got a set number of players already that they like to run and that they're currently running. Leo Komarov is one of them. Um, and Aturatu is not part of that group. It would be a surprise if he was to make the team. It, it really would. It's not to say that he's not talented and you see other young talents making other teams. I, I would not suspect that Aturatu is going to be in the mix for the Olympics. So you think it's more a preference thing for Finland? They want to go the veteran route? Yeah, that they've got their established core that they've gone through already. Uh, Aturatu was not part of that. Obviously, he was still at the U twenty level. Um, we, we, even with um, what is it? With no NHL players, they, they still got a set group of, of guys. And Aturatu is not part of that. Um, he might eventually, like he's got the talent to probably get there eventually. But as it stands now, no. So that's not a for sure. He's not going to the Olympics. 
I haven't asked him about it because he's not going to tell me anyways. Like, right. why would? And also, they haven't set the roster yet. I don't suspect he's going to be in the lineup, so don't be surprised if he's not. Okay, that's a little. I mean, it's a little disappointing, but it makes sense for you know once you explain it. Yeah, it's just how it goes. Um, outside of him, uh, we've got Alex Jeffries is kind of heating up at the NCAA level. His four points in six games. Um, starting to turn the corner on the season, playing more consistently on the top line for Merrimack. That's a fourth-round pick from 2020 by the Islanders. Um, the projection there isn't directly to NHL, like, this guy's going to be amazing. It's, all right, we got something interesting there going in the fourth round. And so when you combine that with, um, you've also got uh, Williams in the fifth round that year, you're going, all right, well, we've got some late-round picks. I've got something. And by something, I don't mean NHL talents for sure, but maybe NHL talents and that's all you can ask for with fourth and fifth rounds oh of course and I mean the Islanders are no strangers to late round picks eventually developing into something Anders Lee Matt Martin Sezikis was a late rounder like you know there's a very good chance that you could carve out a role or at least get that opportunity to exactly um, and the last thing really in the prospect pool is back to the Ben Mir- Mirages thing um I don't have any definitive answers as to why he's no longer with Providence, but um, I, I I spoke to Providence themselves, and they're like, we're not going to say anything more than has been already released, which was just like, good luck. That, that was the yeah. release. It was like two lines. We thank him for being here, and good luck. That's it. And you're like, guys, what the hell? <laughs> you can't just be like, thanks for being here for four and a half years. Peace out. <laughs> what? Yeah, what happened? Um, <laughs> So it seems to me from the more I gather, the more I talk with people is that it's a combination of maybe two things. Something happened off ice and the bringing in a new defenseman. So they brought in a new big, big defenseman from the AJHL. That's the Alberta Junior Hockey League. And um, that combined with something happening off ice, he's just out, it seems. What that off ice issue was or is... I have still yet to find out if it's even that. I've also heard that the coach isn't really um, pleasant sometimes and ruffles a lot of feathers, even with his players. Interesting. Okay. Definitely going to have to have to keep a close eye on that. It still seems like a mystery right now, though. It, it's still a mystery. I don't know what the heck is going on there. Uh, it doesn't really seem like it's lining up with a signing by the Islanders, uh, which they don't have a long table left with him. Um, they have until August 15th, I believe is the day, 2022, to sign this guy to a pro contract or else he becomes a free agent. Now, that's not really that big of a deal. Um, there's a reason he's not signed already. It's just he's fine. He's he, he's a good player. Um, but again, it's like the other guys I mentioned. No one is going, this guy's going to be a star or is a definite NHL talent. Maybe he could be an NHL player, but there's no like this guy is going to be an NHL player. And so that's kind of why he's not signed yet and so why it's not maybe the biggest loss if they don't get him. Obviously, you want to just at least try. You don't want to lose him for nothing. But if they have to, oh, well. Right. Exactly. So uh, just because you mentioned that, uh, any feeling on if Ruslan Ishkakov is going to be signed? I don't. I don't I, I, I'm going to ask him soon. Uh, about that but um he's playing pretty well over there in, in germany they call him the super skater and i tried to have my like german accent there because it's funny to hear that today um he stands out every time he's on the ice every time on the he's out there he's doing something 
uh, positive. Nine times out of ten, it's something positive. Of course, no one's perfect. Um, the only issue for him is something he can't really do about or change, and it's his size, right? He's he's small. He's 5'10", I think, if he stands up a little upright. And, like, he's probably added some muscle by now, so let's say he's 165, 170. He's Johnny Gaudreau's size. And for a, a player that size, they have to dominate. And I wouldn't say he's necessarily dominating the German league right now. Gotcha. Okay. Just curious because that's someone who, as you said, has played well and isn't signed. So in a second, in a second round there too. So a little bit higher up. Yeah, I would hope that they do sign him just just out of just for my my own sake because there's talent there. Clearly, there's talent there. Why not bring him in? What do you have to lose? I know he wants to come over. I know that. Sign him. What do you have to lose? Not you've got five open contracts right now, right? Sure. Like, well, you have nothing to lose. You throw AHL money at him? Come on. Yeah, you even sign him to, at this point, he's, uh, what, two, three years removed from his, yeah, three, so he's 2018 second round pick. So he, he's going to be four years removed from his draft. We're not talking about a, a $925,000 cap hit either. We're talking probably seven fifty, eight twenty five type of thing, maybe somewhere around that in terms of cap hit. And that's at the NHL. When it comes to the AHL, you're paying him probably $70,000. What are we doing here? Why not? Yeah, I agree, 100%. No, of course, someone could like squallow about the actual numbers at the AHL level because he might be making more over in Germany. But like, we're not talking AHL money. Why the hell not take a flyer on someone who's got a ton of talent? Absolutely. So any anything else from the prospect world? There's nothing really else that comes to. Oh, Samuel Budzik scored. That's the way the streak is over. Yeah, he finally scored. He's in the points column for the first time this year. Uh, If this turns the season around I don't know but I sure as hell hope so I hope like I said in one of my YouTube videos that he just that goal gave him like a shot literally a shot someone pulled put a needle uh, maybe on the other side of where he got his other needles I'm sure um to give him a shot of of pure uh confidence because he needs it bad good good for him I'm happy to hear that yeah that was the last part of the down on the farm section to the quiz let's do it as we do every week, there's a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. There are five clues. They get progressively easier as we go. Has nothing to do with the show episode, if you remember from the relic of what this quiz used to be. I'll stop saying it eventually. Um, so, Matt, are you ready? Yes. Clue number one. I've scored 44 NHL goals. 44 NHL goals. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the next clue. I don't have a guess. I've played for six NHL teams. Oh, all right. So a journeyman. Um. Next, I've won the Stanley Cup. Won the Stanley Cup. Six NHL teams. Forty-four goals. Okay. Hmm. I'm thinking my mind is going to a defenseman, but I don't know which defenseman that I would want to guess. Like, Char doesn't make sense. I don't think it's a current Islander. I don't know. You have me stumped so far. Four. I'm from Germany. From Germany? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So it's not Thomas Grice. (laughs) 
No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> if he scored 44 goals, he needs to go in the Hall of Fame yesterday. Uh, Dennis Seidenberg? Correct. There we Good go. Good job by you. Five was Barzy lived in my basement. <laughs> yes. And Noah Dobson too, right? That's right. Yeah. Noah Dobson took over that after Barzy left. Apparently better roommate than Barzy was because he cleans up after himself. Good job. Good job, <laughs> Noah. And good job you getting out of clue number four. You were, you were barking up the right tree, and I, I didn't want to say anything when he said defenseman. Because uh, I was, was going to go like, this one should set you right when I said clue number four, and I didn't. I bit my tongue. <laughs> there you go. All so, right. That's the quiz. What do we got for uh, for social here? All right. So let's see what's going around on social uh, my first one actually comes from the NHL account yesterday. Did you see the video with Anders Lee talking about the different word association game with the different players? Not at all. No, I, I haven't seen that. All right. So if you haven't seen it, go over on, on Twitter. It's uh, on the NHL's uh, Twitter page. But there's one in particular. So like some of them is like a nickname. Some of it's just like something that he thinks of. Like, Sezikis was Energizer Bunny, which makes sense because okay. that's how he plays. He's heard that one before. Uh, but <laughs> apparently they call Anthony Beauvillier Diggy, and that made me laugh. <laughs> Why Diggy? He, he goes, I, I don't know. He said it and kind of chuckled to himself. He goes, that's just what I call him. That's his nickname. But like, it's not even a French thing. I don't understand. I don't know. All of them, like, every other one made sense. Like... What either Cal Clutterbuck or JG Pajot was hard, like one of those two were hard working. I don't remember which was which, but like everything seemed to, to line up. It was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Barzal was speed. Uh, and then you get <laughs> Diggy for Anthony Diggy. I guess because he digs along the boards. That's all I've got. It's an NHL player, so it has to be something obvious. It's an obvious connection. It's not going to be like this, like three levels of separation between the name. There's something very clearly here that he digs. Either he's digging in the ground or he's digging along the boards. What do you think? I don't give you the my clue for what their uh, nickname is. Is I'll put the two together. What do you think the nickname for Andy Green and Noah Dobson was for? The nick for the the pair together? No, but like. They're both individuals, but I'm going to put them together because their nicknames like kind of make sense together. Okay. Noah is, I don't actually, I don't even know. I, I, I did a bad job of explaining it, but okay. it's, they call Noah is the kid and oh. uh, Andy Green is the vet. <laughs> Lols. NHL <laughs> players, man. Yeah. Super duper original. Unreal. What do you Unbelievable. Got? Uh, first one here comes from Isles Fix. If you haven't subscribed, I would subscribe to the, uh, well, I already have anyways, to the the um, the newsletter. There we go. Spit it out eventually. And so they tweeted, uh, was it today? It was today, about how Friedman spoke about the, um, the NHL All-Star game and that they're going to have, um, the skilled competition won't just be the guys named to the actual game roster. There's going to be extra players there who, who didn't make the, the roster to play. And so um, <clears throat> Friedman says, we want to see Zidane Ochara there. We want to see some Zidane Ochara clappers, which got me thinking about, well, what other Islander could potentially make the all-star skill competition? And like, that has to be Barzell, right? Yes, agree. Like we got the reigning fastest skater and he's not going to the game be because Adam Pellick's going, which is fine. Yeah. But like, even then when star talent, like, 
I don't, I don't know. know. Barzal's the bigger draw. Like, I love Pelic, but, like, I, I don't know. Bar Barzal makes sense. He's the face of the team. He makes sense. To, he's the star. I'm just thinking of something right now out loud. So the new schedule came out, right? And yes. there's there's one big break in in this in the schedule. It's February second to February eighth. My wife is super duper happy because we're supposed to be going to a cabin on on February fourth, so mm. can still hold that. Um, for the All Star game, and it just got me thinking. Like the only person who's going to the All Star game as it stands now is Adam Pellick, and Adam Pellick's minutes have gone down, right? Like considerably. Is this? Were they planning on that? Like, we're not going to... We know that we're going to have a, a ton of games once the All-Star break is done. So we're not going to, like, wear you down leading up to that so we can have you fresher afterwards? Or is this just kind of a happy coincidence? I'm leaning towards happy coincidence because I feel like that'd be, like, mega galaxy brain if they thought that <laughs> far ahead, you know? <laughs> right. Because there's no way they would have known how the schedule would have worked out post all-star like they maybe that the two weeks would have stayed the same right that was scheduled to have the olympics then maybe everything would have been fine obviously not uh we've got games there maybe we'll talk about it in a sec anyways the whole zidane char matthew barzell thing got me thinking of adam pellick okay what is your next social topic is from the legendary brendan burke and he says dear nhl please schedule the aisles in vegas next october 23rd thank you brendan and he's quote tweeting the when we were young fest um mitch how do we get ourselves to the we when we were young fest because that just screams nostalgia and i feel like i need to be there yeah well i i i won't be able to go because like i could only imagine what the cost is going to be and my ability to fund things is quite low like everyone else in these days um but oh my god that lineup looks incredible what's your top three for that lineup i don't want to give you a top 10 i wrote mine down i forget most of it but uh, I know what my number one is, and it's not an obvious one. Yeah, I, I read it, and I already forgot what your number one was. Uh, Jimmy Eat World um, is has to be in the top three. Um, neck Deep. Mm. And, oh, man, there's so many good ones. Yeah. Um, Probably My Chemical Romance. Like, I know that's probably, like, the cop-out answer, but I feel like they're too legendary not to put in there. Yeah, I was never a big fan of theirs, but mine was Seos in number one, Thursday number two, AFI number three. Oh, AFI is good, too. AFI is so good. Um, I love, like, obviously before Miss Murder, I think it was the album. Well, I love everything they did before that, and then Miss Murder, I was kind of like, eh! But Seos, man, I, I still, to this day throw that album on like their opening uh, EP. I just looped that constantly. Loved it. Yeah. Oh, so good. Lineup looks stacked. Absolutely. Um, my next social one comes from Will Rushi. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, Will. And he says, what's the greatest what if in IELTS history? And he's got like a bunch of answers here. And so I wanted to pick out two answers that I found interesting here. First one uh, comes from Matt uh, Ostrowitz saying, if uh, it's either what if we take Parise in 03 Ooh. or what if JT had re-signed? The JT re-signed one is a domino effect that I I think about way more than I probably should. I was actually, like before you mentioned it, I was thinking about that earlier today, maybe because they're playing Toronto uh, this weekend, but 
No, it wasn't today. It was during the game yesterday. I don't know why, but I was going through like a domino effect of like who would be here and who wouldn't. Like, I don't know. You're probably not re-signing Brock Nelson at that point, right? Maybe. You're certainly not getting Peugeot, right? Peugeot yeah. is definitely not here. Um, Although, well, who knows? If you're not signing Brock, you might, right? Because you still need a third-line center. And who's going to be the third-line center after Barzi? Sorry, you, you have JT, Barzal, and then who? Um, You'd have to be probably someone on the cheap, I would think. Yeah, so like, or maybe it's Brock, right? Man, they just don't pay him as much, and then he surprises everyone by being a 60-point player. That'd be ideal. Or like you have the rotation of Val Filpula, or like, you know, guys like that over and over. Yeah, exactly. So that was the one the one big one. And the other one was uh, from Bathtub Jake saying, what if Bailey or Palmieri covered Gord? And what uh, if Komra wasn't on the first line in a game seven? Ouch. Uh, <laughs> He's not wrong, though. No, but the pain, it's still too fresh. Right, like that that game seven, he's dead right. If Bailey or Palmieri covered Gord, who's, I know he's coming off the bench, but like, come on, he's walking down Main Street and no one saw him coming. Fresh wounds still. Yeah, that one still doesn't feel right. But uh, that was it for me. Did you have anything else? or That is also it for me. All right, we will do some plugs before we go. Please make sure to subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month, you get a ton of bonus content. You get post-game shows. You get a Discord channel. You get a mailbag show, which we're about to record. Um, I say this all the time, but I think the mailbag one is the favorite, my favorite show that we do just because all the different questions we get, and it's interesting to see where the conversation goes. So definitely get in on that. Uh, Twitter is at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Uh, you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, and you can download the fan-sided app if you want to get us there and see all our articles. But that's going to do it for episode number 231. It was a fun one, as always, Mitch. And uh, do it again soon, all right? Absolutely. Let's get 232 in the books ASAP, buddy. That'll do it. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. 